How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Soapstone. My name is Jake, and I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Dave. How's it going tonight, Dave? I think good. I messed up the cadence of that, something fierce. How's it going on? tonight, eh? Tonight, eh? Yeah. Tonight. Not like that. <laughs> that would have been funny. <laughs> just, uh, just get your puberty, like the voice cracking, like super uh -huh. late. Oh my gosh. I remember yeah. when a friend had that happen. Like we were 14, whatever the fuck mm -hmm. the age was, but we were mm -hmm. hanging out and he was going through that phase. It was mm -hmm. like just like a week or so, but like we were That's at his guys. house one day after church and it was like everything he said was like fucking funny. And I would just <laughs> make fun of him for it all the time. Yeah. Because like, I don't know if I got the squeakiness. At some point, my voice just went from like, hey guys, to like, hey guys. Uh -huh. And I'm like, oh, it just dropped. Right. Um, <laughs> You're just like, I would sure love to have a lollipop. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't the only thing that I could pop that day. Um, but yeah, he had like such a high squeaky thing. So I just repeat what he would say back to him in a very, you know, um, inflammatory way. Uh -huh. And it, it, was, it was fun. I had to do it for like a whole day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's... Um, I think that that's probably one of the... Uh, there's there's few like current... Uh, like core touchstones that persist all throughout history mm -hmm. but like when adam was going through puberty in the garden of eden like god was making fun of him for it like that's where it started it's been since then are, are you saying that god made adam as a 12 year old initially <laughs> <laughs> a preteen if you will <laughs> i don't i don't know i don't know if they talk about uh Hey, you naked kids, don't get up to anything until at least <laughs> another six years. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know if the I don't know if the Bible says a lot of the time that passed for for early things there. I don't know if that would be theologically. I mean, obviously that's not what people think of, but you know, maybe maybe could have been made as a kid and then aged up. And then it's just like, oh man, you're hitting like your midlife crisis and you're a loner uh pfft, eve i guess right? <laughs> like, <laughs> that's true at some point you just like took a rib out like yeah you don't need this mm -hmm. i don't even need this i can manifest things like theoretically you know out of thin air right i prefer thick air personally though <laughs> mm -hmm. i think it's kind of like the wolverine thing where out of either convenience or just like magical genetics, you stop aging at a convenient point for all future interactions with people. Old enough to murder people, old enough to bang, all that stuff. But that's the point where you stop aging. What are you, 20s, 30s? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I won't press any further questions. <laughs> How long have you been in your 20s? Uh, eight years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. We yeah. had like an hour long preamble before we started recording this episode. We should stop doing that. <laughs> we should just talk throughout the week. What's funny so is I opened up a... with like, I'm I'm tired tonight. Like, we're going to have to get through this. <laughs> and then we're just all right, we'll delay everything by an hour. It's just going to be funny for that, though. Well, I was, uh, I was letting you warm up. Yeah, that's fair. It's Jake hasn't trigger. spoken all day until that hour. We brushed the dust off his lungs and lips. Uh-huh. If you have dust in your lungs, that's actually... It's, it's, it, that's its own problem, I think. That That's called asthma, I think. Yeah. 
That is fair. But... Sorry. <laughs> was this the segue? Go for the segue. You take it. I'm sorry. I'm sure you had a really good one. Did you want to... Nope. <laughs> I was just going to say... <laughs> bows out immediately. X. <laughs> I was going to say, speaking of asthma, mm-hmm. do you remember having to blow into video game cartridges to get oh, any dust out good. so it could actually connect with the console correctly and yeah. read? Read the game? Against all advise conduct with those car- cartridges i think like since people started doing that uh the manufacturers of the systems were like don't do that <laughs> you're just you're getting spitlet droplets <laughs> on like <laughs> copper wires and things and then plugging them into uh the the chipset like why are you doing this but i mean sometimes it temporarily helped and that's all you need the yeah question, if you yes, have this is that. before we had canned air i think <laughs> Mm-hmm. But yeah that's the first time i think i learned about what hyperventilation was mm. which is not an hvac term for really good ventilation <laughs> right yeah yeah no i i definitely remember that you were kind of you were in a bad spot if you had to do that for a cartridge though i don't think it was going to last too much longer no but it was primarily for like not as much original nintendo some of super nintendo because it was top loaded yeah. But it's also nice. a lot Very with uh, the evolution after that, which would I would say is N64. Yeah. There you go. He said the thing. That's what the the episode is. That's what we titled it, I think. Unless we think of a better one. So that's all we had to do. What are we, uh, speed, speed run, wrapped it up, <laughs> sub six, <laughs> time. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, talking about N64 today, though, that was... Um, that was definitely a decision. Dave, I know, is more of a PlayStation man, but um, I was like, Dave, I'm cutting you off. Like, this is this is it. This is make or break. No more podcast episodes if we can't cover a freaking Nintendo 64. Somebody yep, update that's, the that's not exactly how that conversation went. <laughs> no, I mean, I. so jokes aside, I grew up on N64 and we talked about it a little bit and we had we had a retro gaming topic episode like some years ago at this point um i'm purposefully not trying to guess the specific year because i know i'll be off by like three uh but um yeah in 64 was like massive part of my childhood and pretty much all of my pre pc gaming was in 64 um yeah it was kind of like the biggest fucking deal mm-hmm. like if people had a playstation you're like okay cool i guess we can do a tony hawk which was honestly good but like that's the only game i remember from ps1 yeah that's it but if i looked at n64 games i'm like i played that i played that i played that that was on yeah. here holy shit and like the list goes on and on for like how many good or like the start of major ip like game mm-hmm. franchises like, it had so fucking much. Yeah. And it was a beautiful console that had multiple colors. I don't know yeah. if other consoles even fucking did that. No, not so much. PlayStation was gray. Yep. Mm-hmm. And they had their uh, their their logo colors on the, the PlayStation symbol. But that was about it. And then they went to black, which, to be fair, as an adult, black is a great, great uh, color for a console. It's slimming, which is why they have the PS2 slim. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
But in 64, it was just like, man, let's freaking matte color everything. Do you want like a freaking yellow controller? Sure. Here you go. Pikachu on it. Yeah. Why not? You can talk to him too if you want. Like uh, Mad Cats, we don't make those, but whatever. People buy them anyways. Um, but they also had translucent ones you could get. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for the controllers as well. People like, remember was... those a lot for the handhelds. But yeah, yeah they started with the controllers and the um, the purple, I think, was the big one. Right? Like the Turtles translucent purple. Mm-hmm. But it's it's crazy how much that they put into this. My voice is cracking. And they also <laughs> had like fucking extensions for the controller itself. Mm-hmm. Like one of the biggest games for N64, Pokemon Stadium. Right. Oh, you can slot in your own game of Pokemon Red and use those Pokemon? Yeah. What the actual fuck? Mm-hmm. Transfer pack. Yeah, it was huge. Yeah. They had um different size. There was the Rumble pack as well. So it had like that, that slot on the back that was multi-purpose. Um, and memory cards, which were either, I think full or like half. I had one that would sit flush up against the the back and then one that would extend a little bit longer, a little bit more, but it had more capacity. Um, and that was really funny, right? It's funny to think about now in like modern times, even, even just memory card slotting into controllers in the first place, but like you could legitimately and the rumble pack, like shook, right? It's like, it's literally yeah. the, just like a bouncy ball inside of a piece of plastic that's it's flubber basically is what they put in there um but to finish the thought which i'm failing to do uh you would literally have a a group of friends playing you up to four controllers and it's like all right well one of you is not going to get the rumble pack today because we need to be able to load our save game so let's go (laughs) right just hilarious but yeah like that and uh ps2's dual shock controller mm-hmm. like if you had them on a wooded surface like if you had hard wood you just put it like up on like a kitchen table you'd hear it for like three minutes and then it would fall off because uh-huh. it would just yeah. vibrate through time this is wild dual shock was better but oh uh, infinitely yes it's <laughs> it so much, much more tame the rumble pack um which is kind of absurd right it's just like why does everything need haptic haptic feedback i don't even remember what N64 games supported it. Um, Maybe but, one of the early shooter titles? That's a segue. Um, probably. <laughs> to answer your question, I think I think probably. This is clearly getting into the games. I mean, the, the early one is, is Goldeneye, right? There were others, yeah. actually. Earlier than that, I think. I'm not sure exactly when it came out, but Turok, which I don't think was on either of our lists. Turok Mm-mm. the Dinosaur Hunter. It was a game. But back to Goldeneye. <laughs> Did you play it back in the day? I didn't play it back in the day, but I actually played it within the last week. And uh, on N sixty four, yeah. What? There's a certain restaurant near me that has a, a, a an N sixty four there, and we were there for somebody's birthday, and they wanted to play Goldeneye, so we played some Goldeneye. Interesting. And I was literally was playing with one hand <laughs> while talking to somebody else. I wasn't winning, by the way. Uh-huh. Um, I was. It's... I spent two hours looking for a gun. Uh, yeah. Yeah, this was the start of, um, hey, do you know the level? Do you know the spawns? Are you going to yes. like r- rush proxy mines and just like barricade yourself in some place? Because 
I don't know. Uh, not that games have gotten super great at balancing since then, but I just I distinctly remember in GoldenEye, you could like put a mine up above a door frame or something, and unless you had a grenade, there was no way to actually see it get through the door and detonate it right it's literally like if you saw it you're already dead because it killed you um great balance that and it's also weird to like have a shooter like for that time that Mm -hmm. wasn't dual analog as we know it today oh yeah yeah because the controllers i don't know if you remember it was like one controller and then they jammed another half of a controller in there uh-huh. So you never knew exactly how to grab it to do the wide stance. Yeah. But with GoldenEye, you had to put your hand over the uh, the trigger in the middle analog. It does seem like society has, has standardized that your controller should have two places for two hands. And the N64 was like, let's do three places for two hands. Literally that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the only sane way to play because it was it was like you're either going to use the D-pad over here or the joystick. But the joystick was kind of a big deal back then. Um, not compared to like PlayStation, which just had the better controller. But it was kind of a big deal compared to just like a D-pad. So like no games were just having you use the D-pad. Uh, and you left. It's just such a bad controller. It's really bad. <laughs> I remember specifically controls for GoldenEye. Like, you run around um, with the with the analog, and then it auto aims for you, like some of those old shooters did. But if you really wanted to get a headshot, or maybe it was a long distance shot, they weren't close enough to auto aim. You'd have to hold the Z trigger. Yep. And manually try to adjust with the joystick up to wherever you're trying to fire. And this is not a sensitive controller. It would basically freeze where you were looking at. And then would allow you to just move the gun Uh to try and line that up. It's tank controls with one stick, basically, (laughs) Um, which isn't really good. (laughs) And uh, yeah, I mean, that same control scheme, I think, was used for for most of the shooters that came out there. I can't remember for Doom or Turok or some of the others, but I mean, mean, Perfect Dark was definitely the same way. Yes, yeah. Because Perfect Dark was literally just GoldenEye Plus, really. Yes. <laughs> it had some of the same levels, the facility and stuff. Like, graphically, it was just a little bit better of assets, but still polygonal as fuck. Yeah. The guns had better sound effects. Um, The main menu music slaps. Oh, yeah. Did you play Perfect Dark back in the day? Did you Did you get through it? Um, I did some multiplayer with my cousin back in the day. Mm-hmm. Anytime I bring up my cousin, I still need to like give the context of up until I was like 16 or 17, like I'd go up to my cousin's place for like a week. Mm-hmm. I would drive, I'd drive myself up there. Right. Yeah. And my parents yeah. would like drop me off and be like, later. Um, <laughs> and I would just hang out with him for a week over the summer. Obviously, we didn't have any responsibilities at that time. And we would just play video games. And I thought he was like, the coolest most lucky guy because he had all of these games yeah. and these game consoles that i did not have or have access to so mm-hmm. we would just try out different things um for me it was all new and shiny he's like yeah we can do this one right um, yeah but i do remember in perfect dark setting up like a, a laptop gun several times yep which is basically mm-hmm. acts as like a remote turret though you can actually hold it as well and use it as a gun if you'd like yep and then going into the bathroom 
shoots and very fast. getting out the the far sight yeah. to shoot through walls. <laughs> that is the classic. Then the far sight <laughs> is such an iconic. I got to talk about Perfect Dark a little bit because I freaking I love that game. Um, but far sight is like it had two fire modes. One of them was manual mode, which to this day, I think was unusable, like literally insane. I don't know how you could possibly use it where you're in control of. We should describe Farsight. It's literally like a very, very long alien sniper rifle. Yes. That shoots through all walls on the level and Mm -hmm. one hit kills, I think, if I remember correctly. Yeah, Um, you can you can body shot for lethal. Yeah. And uh, the manual mode was like, okay, you're in this position. Now through all three possible degrees, like uh, through 3D space, uh, like try to find a target. And that didn't make any sense. That's not really possible to do. You're not going to go through like 16 layers of walls to find a person. Um, so you had an automatic mode that would target in on, I think, the closest uh, to, to like where you start aiming. Mm-hmm. Um, and get you like around it would kind of track them sort of like nearby but you'd have to zero in on them with some manual fine input which yeah. again the n64 controller was excellent at so if you imagine kind of like looking through a telescope where somebody's kind of like moving it for you loosely to follow a target and there's like some heat vision yes She's like ah yeah. oh, this is a body and like you'd have to see some other like walls and things come up but they were pretty translucent uh-huh. So it was easy enough to be like, oh, I have to kill that moving person. Yep. Meanwhile, they're just like, all right, I think somebody's coming around a corner. I died? Who killed uh-huh. me? People think people complain about like snipers and overwatch and other things like that. But no one knows how bad it is to just be doing something somewhere on a level and you're one hit killed by you don't even know how many walls, right? Which is made worse by the the um, the common camping spot for the far site was like in a bathroom stall, mm-hmm, body blocking mm-hmm, the door. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it was it was not balanced. It was designed for hey, wouldn't this be cool to throw this in here, try it out? I think that's how a lot of those things come about. Is someone's just a designer or a tester, and they're like, hey, wouldn't it be funny if? I love the laptop gun, the design of it, the fact like when you're playing the protagonist is Joanna Dark, when you're playing through the campaign as Joanna, like there was a mission, I think, where you're in disguise or like you're stealthing into a place and you have, in quotes, a laptop um, and it's your laptop gun. It's just really cool. It's got, it's got this like space espionage type vibe that descends into like um, just a whole bunch of aliens. At the end of it, it's a lot of aliens. <laughs> There's a lot of aliens. Um, no, it was, it was incredibly cool. The other thing that one introduced was um, some of the early co-op experience for N64, because unlike GoldenEye, where there were no bots, um, Perfect Dark actually added bots. You could have they called them Sims, um, and it had like a maximum player count of something absurd. It was like 18 or 16 or something like that. Um, and most of those are obviously bots, right? But you could have like all these different configuration for bots, ones that'll like only run away from you, 
or they'll only attack you unarmed or they're super deadly accurate. And you could customize all of this stuff and then assign people to teams. So you could play a team of four players versus like four bots or eight bots or whatever, uh, which was just absurd. You kind of take it for granted now, but GoldenEye didn't have anything like that. Um, so it was fun if you got tired of like destroying your younger brother as I did. Um, and instead we're like, okay, well, I need a challenge. Stop crying. Signed by Let's go up. We'll, no, we'll play on a team together. No, it's fun. Uh-huh. Yeah. Don't don't tell mom. Speaking of tell mom, for Perfect Dark, the way that I got that game bought for me was by saying, don't worry, I've been on Cheat Code Central. I have the code to turn on paintball mode. We can disable all the blood. It's rated M, but you can turn the blood <laughs> off completely and just have paintball mode. Which, to be fair, I did for a while, and then I stopped doing it. It's not like your mom was playing, so. Uh-huh. Unless, you, unless you had, did you guys have a TV in the living room? or like? We did, yeah, yeah. Big Ooh, CRT. That, that makes it harder, for sure, uh-huh. to get away with stuff. If it's like, everything's in public view. Mm-hmm. I think uh, there was some sort of um, some sort of absurdity to it, though. Like, I, I, I could be making this up, but I remember if you shot people, there'd be a blood stain against the wall behind them. And I think in paintball mode, it was paint on the wall behind them. <laughs> like you just shot somebody with a paintball. There's just this the splatter of paint. It on punctured the their the body <laughs> <laughs> with so much paint. Um. But yeah, Perfect Dark. Freaking excellent game. Yeah, I'll always have fond memories of it. Fond snippets of memories. Basically, mm. the two things I mentioned of the Farsight, multiplayer with my cousin, and the music. Yeah. Beyond that, mm. I didn't do campaign. I didn't play it that much. I honestly probably played it like two or three times, and it just stuck with me. Yeah. I remember the alien, the gray, was named Elvis. I have like just completely random memories about that game. I don't even remember most of it. You have he's part of like an escort mission or something. It's a good game oh. though. I don't think um yeah, right. It's an escort mission. It's a good game. Those lines seduce the alien. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gotcha. Yeah, no. Uh that would be I don't know if I could have convinced my parents to buy the game <laughs> if that was in it. Um I don't think that the the follow up Perfect Dark series of games was reviewed very well though the first one was and then it kind of I fell think off. there was just the other one that they had on Xbox 360 yeah and there was the it's initial like, talk of like oh they're making another one and then when it happened nobody talked about it I'm like it must have been bad <laughs> yeah I think it was one of those which is unfortunate but yeah certain ones just don't last but like that's one of the few because mm-hmm. like Mario Kart was on here Yep, really. Mario Kart 64 was the biggest, I think, multiplayer game that we had at the time. Yeah, and I it wasn't until college, years later, that I learned you can actually like get speed while you're drifting. Oh yeah, yeah. I was like, what? Let's go. Yeah, you just hold this button, then when you let go around the corner, like, okay, I didn't know Uh, that. That game actually had a lot of holding in the. The, the go button and trying to turn around corners. Uh-huh. We're just here like spinning out at the start of every race because you were holding uh holding accelerate when the when it went to green. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of mash tapping the button to get the boost. Wait, what? <laughs> so if you tap the button like 
in time with each of the lights as they come down ending on green and you tap the button at the final time you'll launch with a boost like you just used a mushroom um, hmm. yeah so i there's the three lights right like the red yellow green yeah i thought if you pressed the accelerate button right after yellow that's when you got it maybe that's true <laughs> see this is the problem is like i didn't know this so i just developed a technique and was like yeah. this is it this is this is science but this that was talk about like you, you learn or you pick up something and then for like 10 or 15 years there's literally no reason for you to question it nobody else brings it up and you're yeah. like that's just a fact of what whatever the fuck it is it is and then you talk mm -hmm. to somebody else about it and then your reality gets shook and you're like how many other things are like this uh-huh and it's scary <laughs> This is why hint hotlines were such a thing back then, right? Like, a lot of this, people weren't expected to figure it out by playing. Uh, and not everybody had a, a subscription to Nintendo Power, so... Yeah, that's the other thing. Um, played that a ton, obviously. And then they never stopped making that game. I think somewhere along, like, DS or something like that. They were at like Mario Kart 9. And I was like, that sounds about right. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, people rag on Call of Duty, but Mario Kart is up there also. <laughs> Call of Duty, Mario Kart, Land Before Time. How many mm -hmm. are there? Dear God. Yeah. Yeah. But I still think it's been like a very fun multiplayer. Everybody has like a loose idea of how to play the game type series yeah. where people can just kind of hop in. It's also not like. It's not entirely skill based. You can't like oppress someone in Mario Kart to the same same extent you can in like uh, GoldenEye or, or or Perfect Dark, right? Where it's just like, oh, you have all the map knowledge, all that stuff. Great, that helps. It definitely helps to not get like crushed by the the stompy things. I can't remember the name of the thwomps, uh, big blocks. Yeah, yeah. As you say, flomp, 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 T H W O M P. Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah. Um, but if you're in front all the time, like you are going to face the ire of a blue shell, which is a cultural thing now because of how big yeah. of an impact it's had on Mario Kart. Hey, we should we have like a rubber band or maybe a catch up mechanic? No, no, no. Let's kneecap the person who's doing well. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. That seems best. You know when I your like... teacher graded on a curve and he said like, all right, uh, this person who got 100, you now have an 80. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the messed up curve, yeah. <laughs> um, they they just cut off both sides and then, and then curve. <laughs> they just average out the grades, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's not the right way to do it. The blue shell was actually worse too because red shells specifically, although they were guided... They wouldn't go all around walls, so you could kind of like hug a curve or something like that to avoid it. Sometimes it would hit the wall on its way to you. Um, blue shells are like, nope, we're going center course, like right up until it's time to divert off and kill the person. Like it was programmed for pain. Yeah, but it's fun though because it was it was simple enough to learn all the items. Mm -hmm. um, once you learn how to like drag some items behind you, when you made a tight turn around something you could just like slide and then be like banana 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 so everyone uh -huh. else who's following you had to like basically peel out yeah. um or take a like a less optimal path to get to where you're going mm -hmm. or you could just like oh i got three green shells just shoot them all off uh yeah. whatever happens happens but then you could technically get hit by your own shell 
Right, which always gr- felt great. <laughs> green shells uh, have no allegiance; uh-huh. they're just out there doing God's work. Um, no. Yeah, it was it was a uh, it was honestly a party that Mario game. So Super Mario sixty four. <laughs> I mean, we could talk about that one too. I actually didn't own Mario Party, so I could talk about the idea, but it, I didn't well, have it. Which Mario parties have you played? I probably played like briefly i think at like a party for church or something back in the day like mario party 3 i think it would have been around like the gamecube or wii i mean a lot of them play the exact same it's just the mini games change over time i'm sure that mario this first mario party was not the best one by any means um but man it's still remember going to like a neighbor's house down the street you know when you mm-hmm. new neighbors you can just like walk over like are you home hey uh-huh. <laughs> do you want to play n64 you call up the house and ask for the person because it's just a landline mm-hmm. but that was another great like, party no, they're not here well. right now I'll, I'll tell them you called that was it <laughs> that was the end of the communication back then <laughs> wait patiently <laughs> yeah what would you say was one of your favorite N64 games or one of your first ones. So we got like, we kind of got like a, a booster pack bundle when we picked up the N64 because we got it used um, at like a yard sale. And the previous owner had like pretty good taste. So it had like Ocarina of Time, Mario nice. Kart, Majora's Mask, GoldenEye. Did not have Perfect Dark. I had to convince my parents to buy that one. Um,. And then it had some games that were like not as good. I think it had like Pilot Wings or something like that. Um, but I think it had Super Mario sixty four, also, which was like really good, really good. Yeah, it's uh, um, it's crazy how that still gets played today. Yeah, <laughs> backwards and very fast. <laughs> <laughs> how do I jump up these steps? Whoop 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 whoop. Uh huh. Um, yeah, the amount of time that people spent in that game. But to be fair, like this was one of the earliest breaches between here's a 2D game versus, hey, here's a 3D game yeah. with platforming. And there's a lot of places you can explore. And then people found a way to exploit mechanics of things later on and do some crazy shit. But mm-hmm. it was a huge divergence that paid off well for them. And now they still do 2D Mario games, but the amount of like 3D Mario games they have, like Odyssey. Yeah is the event eventual current result of building off of super Mario 64. Yeah. Have a bunch of unique worlds to have some, some good kinetic energy, some good music and uh, let people jump around within them. I mean, like honestly, the formula is very simple, similar, right? Like in super Mario 64, you jumped into paintings and there you go. You travel to the world, try to collect your stuff, get out. Um, and this is, you know, a development over what? Like there was the overhead sort of map of the o- older Mario games where you're not the first, which I think was just level to level, but it'd be like Super Mario Bros. And Super oh, Mario you mean, Bros. yeah, 3. the world map. Yeah, yeah. yeah you like pick the level to, to, to enter. There was just something like cool about the hub world and being able to jump into paintings to initiate that. And there were secrets to find and things like that. So because, yeah, you were basically exploring the castle and around it and under it to find all these cool new things. So yeah, 
as a youth, that sense of wonderment and discovery was through the fucking roof. Oh my gosh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it is crazy how many YouTube videos I've watched since where I'll hear like a sample and like, oh, it's from a game or something. It fits whatever they're showing in the YouTube clip. Mm-hmm. And then later I'll go watch something else and be like, oh, that's Metal Mario's theme that Donkey used. Yeah. I didn't realize that was ever that. It's just, it's just a good song. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the invincibility songs in Nintendo games tend to sometimes pop off for this and Kirby and, and others. Yeah. Kirby just goes real fast. I think in a lot of them, but, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was awesome. And it pulled all of that off without the expansion pack, which is something we haven't mentioned, but, the latter couple years or so of like game releases for N64, um, they were like, hey, four megs of RAM is actually not a lot. That's a problem. Um, well, thankfully, it was too expensive at the time to actually include this, but uh, I think since it launched, it had the socket for this little, uh, it, it was like a, it looked kind of like a memory card. It had like a red uh cap to it um and it was for another four megs of ram it doubled double the ram twice the ram to eight megabytes um but games like perfect dark (laughs) perfect dark took advantage of it uh we actually tried perfect dark without the expansion pack and i think it like caps how many bots you can have because it's just like you're gonna have a bad time (laughs) (laughs) um donkey kong 64 required it Mm mm-hmm and um, some of the games just ran better if they weren't optimized, like when they launched. But things like Super Mario, like I remember that running like silky smooth, even without it. They just made all of the concessions along the way. They're like four megs is enough. Hashtag. Um, and we're shipping like freaking amazing games. Yeah. As I'm looking at the list, I'm realizing a lot of these are platformers. Hmm. Super Mario 64, Donkey Kong 64. I was attempted to say, I mean, Ocarina of Time, the Zelda games are. I mean, Ocarina almost it basically isn't really a platformer, though. It's more of an exploration game. A little more open, yeah. Because there's like, it uses three dimensions, but. So Ocarina of Time is like in the running for the best game ever made, right? It shows up. Like on the number one spot of a lot of lists for the best game ever made. And I don't think it's like the most playable game ever made, but I completely understand it's running for it. I freaking loved it as a kid. It was too scary for me, though. (laughs) The opening cutscene. Oh, there's that guy on his horse. He's terrifying. <laughs> that was that was suspenseful. But the things that were too scary for me were um, under the well, where you find the lens of truth as young Link, and the shadow temple as old Link. Um, which to this day, I mean, if this was upresed, I think they literally would just need to change the rating on the game. Because you had like walls like covered in bone with like eyes that would just watch you and invisible enemies and giant hands that would fall out of the ceiling and try to grab you and and re-deads. 
and redheads yeah you know i i had a oh my gosh reminding me of just some of the impulses i had as a kid as soon as i got the um uh sun song if i entered an area and there was any chance not even confirmed but like reports that redheads may have been in the area at some point i would play the sun song to freeze them because i was just like i cannot do this (laughs) um there's a point like in Hyrule, uh, the center of Hyrule there, the, the, the fountain, if you're an adult, you go there as an adult and there's redeads there um, because everything's gone to crap after Ganon has made everything go to crap. And you don't even have to fight them. You can just actually run past them and you'll basically mm-hmm. be fine. If one of them stuns you, it won't even reach you before you unfreeze and can leave. I still froze them every time because <laughs> I was terrified. <laughs> I mean, they definitely had like a we're slow, we're slow, we're slow. Gotcha. And you're uh-huh. ah. <laughs> so yeah, riding that tension was never fun with them. It's such a good game though. Like it was very long, um, but it had a main quest that took you through like your whole collectathon of three dungeons as um, as a kid into like something like eight as an adult. It was a lot. Eight seems like too many, but it Six? was near that. There's fire, water, forest, shadow, light. Desert? That was... Or is that fire? I think that was... Oh, yeah, you're right, desert. Because light was actually the, the realm itself. That one you don't actually go to. Um, yeah, so that would have been... That would have been desert. I'm wondering if I'm missing any now. Hmm. I think I that's right. Truthfully, have not played in so long. No, I think and both Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask. I more so know from hearing the music fucking everywhere. Uh huh. Oh, is somebody doing a song? A Storms remix? Uh, oh, but like, here's Ultimate the thing: individual indie indie classic. It holds up, uh-huh. which is why people keep doing covers of it. Um. But yeah, like everything with Majora's Mask seemed also weirdly terrifying for me. Mm-hmm. Also, you have to imagine like video it games is. are like at the time, these were the best graphics we had for like polygon ass people. Mm-hmm. But the way they had the setting and the interactions with characters like the mask salesman, um, yeah. everything about it was just so weird and unsettling in a way. Uh-huh. So it's cool that they managed to capitalize that um, with, again, I don't want to say low poly because it's not super hot, but mm. it's <laughs> the, the polygons were limited. <laughs> yes, yes, very limited. It Majora's Mask is a much more like filled in world, mm-hmm. um, but it's just the, the thing for me was like once I got over the fact there's a time limit in quotes, which I have talked to people and it was that's the reason they didn't play the game. They're like, yeah. oh, I saw there was a timer and like that bothered me. I'm like, I mean, fair, but it's it's kind of unfortunate because the game is literally like if you play it for 15 minutes or so, 20 minutes, it's like, hey, uh, here's the inverted song of time. Here's the song of time. One of them makes time move half the speed. The other one rewinds you to the first day. The game is really not timed in quotes. There's only one dungeon that is even close to running out of time. And it's like, 
Uh, I can't remember the name of it, but in Icana Valley. Stone Tower Temple. Hmm. And everything say, else is just like, like, I know. I don't. <laughs> yeah. You could like beat it in a day. So you have like three days before the moon crashes and Majora's Mask proper ruins everything. Um, and pretty much all of the dungeons in the game, you could be in one to two days, like casually going through it and doing everything. So the game was not really like timed. And once you beat a dungeon, you didn't need to go back. Um, cause key items stay in your inventory when you, when you rewind, we rewind. <laughs> so are you saying that minute by, uh, produced by developer mm-hmm. digital is actually Entirely not an original idea? No. Yeah. In fact, I know Nintendo doesn't like to do this, but they should, su- they should sue. <laughs> <laughs> they should sue. Yes. <laughs> the litigious Nintendo. Uh-huh. Um, no, two great games, though. I mean, they've probably been talked by everyone else enough that I don't feel like we have to add too much to them. But, like, literally formative for my interest in adventure games. Yeah. Zelda going from 2D to 3D in a big way. Mm-hmm. I I didn't play 2D Zelda or 1D Zelda until 1D Zelda. What is that line? <laughs> 2D Zelda, like, side-scroller. Or 2D Zelda, Zelda top down. Mm-hmm. I didn't play play other either of those until after Ocarina of Time, and I've actually really struggled to get into the 2D Zelda games. Um, it's, I think it's hard to go back to that unless you grew up with it. Would be mm-hmm. my assumption because you're like, oh, I remember this medium. There's a certain comfort in it versus yeah. you see everything else in like modern graphics or with technology, and then you're going back to a very limited space. Yeah. which It'd is why like, i refuse to check out undertale <laughs> yeah that's not true <laughs> it'd be like if you played uh metroid prime and then we're like huh this is i'm i, I must like these zelda games let's go check <laughs> out what else they've got in this or not zelda these metroid games let's see what else they have in the series <laughs> right yeah that's that's gonna be a bit of a shock um bioshock but that, that was, was not an N64. Yeah. <laughs> Bioshock for the N64 would be like, we painted the walls blue. That indicates that there's water here. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, yeah. But also on here, like they had Star Fox 64, which mm-hmm. again, I'm not a huge Star Fox person, but like that oh, yeah. was pretty mm-hmm. huge. Conquer's really Bad Fur that. Day yeah. was, uh, was big and wildly inappropriate. I could not play that one. That was too far into the list of things I would never be able to sell my parents on. Yeah. Star How Fox much would you get for selling your parents, by the way? Let me know. <laughs> yeah. Let me know in the comments. Um. <laughs> Are there comments? Oh, yeah. Okay. On Facebook. Yeah. yeah. I was like, <laughs> how do we have comments? <laughs> Is there a live chat that's, that's going on right now? I still think Pokemon Stadium was like a big one for me mm-hmm. because, again, I could actually hook up and... Again, I was borrowing my cousin's Game Boy, but I had a save file on Pokemon Red. Yeah. So I could bring my level 98 Mewtwo and just psychic everything. Yeah. I, I mean, was only and... limited by my PP. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait, I'm going to let that joke go. Um, <laughs> but the other thing is, like, people, it, to put yourself in that headspace, you're talking about, like, a 2D Pokemon game. Yeah. You can take literally the data from that 
and your Pokemon become 3D. Like, this is something that happens in a children's commercial to represent a toy that they want to sell to you, not like mm-hmm. an actual product you can engage with. Yeah, it's... Again, a lot of the stuff was, hey, we've had the 2D iterations on Super Nintendo. How do we change this now that we have access to 3D technology? Yeah. So and for some it of was them, a huge jump. That was Kirby like, as well. Yeah. I got to talk right? about something. Oh point. my gosh. I already talked about Crystal Shards, but it's, it's such a good, good game. <laughs> you guys have, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, we're like. 15% of the way through the OST at this point. <laughs> Those are the songs. I freaking Yeah, it, it comes up a lot for intros and outros, but mm-hmm. it was really cool to have 3D Kirby and then to be able to combine powers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, if we're talking about like being a kid and wanting to explore and just have your mind blown, that was really fun because you're like, oh, I can mix uh, ice and whatever else and I'm now in my fridge. Yeah, electric. What if I mix ice, ice and something else and then you just you play around with stuff and it's just hitting those those spots in your brain where you feel rewarded for experimenting and trying things out and you're having fun the whole time because you're using your experimentation to kill enemies yeah electric and sword turn into darth maul it's just yep. like <laughs> <laughs> it's We're funny give him a lightsaber and he'll dance across the screen while murdering everybody uh-huh like I I still think that that was probably part of the inspiration there because otherwise I have no idea why they would have made it double bladed, but they did, and so that's why you're Darth Maul. Fridge was hilarious because you could self heal. It's like all right, mm-hmm. no boss is going to be a problem as long as I don't lose this power. We will we will we will atrophy the boss <laughs> through time. We're going to take like uh, Metal Gear Solid the end strats to beat this <laughs> boss. <laughs> um. You can so combine good. rock and rock, right? To just have bigger rock. Yeah. They, I guess you, stone is the ability. Yeah. There was there was a tremendous number there, and it was it was a really good time. Um played that a lot for one weekend. As I've said in the past, it's just a really, really good game. And the Kirby bosses in in, in particular, like final bosses, continue to just be Cosmic Horrors? Cosmic Horrors, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, HP Lovecraft. They call them up every every time, seance, I guess, at this point. They're like, yeah, yeah, racist stuff, whatever, all that. But, like, tell us about a monster. <laughs> We're going to make a game for children. <laughs> all right. And this this monster, he hates Kirby. Kirby is Jewish, right? Sure, <laughs> HP. Anyway. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. He can be. We'll, 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 we'll phone it in. Um, all right. You're going through all the games. I'm going to pick one or two. Okay. Um, so... Uh, one that I really enjoyed is uh, Yoshi Story. I don't think it's like the best game on N64, but it did. I don't remember if Yoshi ever had much of a standalone title prior to this. And this one just like injected so much flavor and fluff and lore and all of that nonsense into um, like Yoshi's character. Because mm-hmm. the whole thing is like Mario's Mario's going out there. He's fighting like the big bad. He's fighting Bowser, and the Yoshi's are like, "Well, Mario is a baby, so you know we got to protect that." Um, but like we can't fight Bowser. 
who should our final boss be? Let's just be like, well, like freaking Bowser Jr., I guess. (laughs) (laughs) We're babies. Let's find another baby. (laughs) They just scaled all the threats. Um, But it was uh, it was it was a fun time. And they had like the live system was you had your I don't know if they're colony pack herd of Yoshis of various colors. And if you died in a level, then you lost that Yoshi and you had to pick another one to retry the level as. Um, Which was kind of funny once you got to like the secret Yoshis that you could find the white and black Yoshi Um, (laughs) that uh, had a. the black Yoshi's favorite food was like spicy peppers, which the other Yoshi's, I think, if they ate it on accident, it would like hurt them, which is kind of a nice touch. Um, and then the white Yoshi was just like, I was going to say the best, but that sounds really wrong. It's correct, <clears throat> though. <clears throat> <laughs> um, I think like it could eat anything, but I don't think it had a favorite food, if I remember correctly. But otherwise, it was pretty good. Oh, oh, yes, Omnivore Yoshi, a.k.a. Uh-huh. Omniscient Yoshi. He uh-huh. sees all, he knows all, he eats all. But it's a very cute game, and the intro and outro songs are all Yoshi singing together and stuff, and that's what I remember about a lot of N64 games, especially, like, first-party Nintendo. He's like, Nintendo has a tone for their games. Oh, yeah, it's very good theming, and it's mm-hmm. cute, and it's warm, and it's fun. Yeah. And this is one of the first times they kind of like leaned in. Maybe not the first time. That's giving them too much credit. But they kind of leaned a little bit more into this drawn style. Not to the extent of like Kirby's epic yarn or anything like that. But um, the the graphics were very much like, hey, this is more of a coloring book than something else. So Yeah, but it's again, cool. that fit the, fit the whole theme of the game. Exactly. Yeah. Um, anyways. Uh, that was me trying to alt tab to maintain pacing, but instead I have to describe this. Um, there is some that I really enjoyed as well that uh, were less popular, and I don't. I put them on my list, but I'm not really going to talk about them. Ogre Battle sixty four is a person of lordly caliber, which is apparently like a Queen song or something like that. So what they were trying to reference. Um, I got this game, and I was like, this is really incredibly cool real-time overworld map real-time combat like in verses and it all depends on whether your characters are in the front or the middle or the back to determine what moves they do and like you can lose people forever and like it was fire emblem basically mm-hmm. but like i never played fire emblem and this series didn't really continue much longer um and it was very much like so complicated i couldn't really wrap my head around it um, but I could tell that it was like just a tremendous amount of effort went into the game. So is this like an early tactics game? Yeah, it kind of, it kind of was, it wasn't like tactics in that you're moving people around in squares on the map. It was more like you have all your units and you can start moving them in directions. If they encounter an enemy, then you'll clash, you'll fight. Um, if they can reach like a settlement, they'll claim it. And there was this whole like hidden system where the ending that you got at the end of the game was based off of whether you captured or liberated more locations. And I there was no real explanation for when you were capturing or liberating. It just happened. And I think like years later, 
I discovered if a place had like low morale, you had to send like evil characters there and then it liberated it. Otherwise you had to send high morale people, the good characters and you would liberate it. Um, didn't really make any sense. Yeah. That seems very uh, <laughs> nebulous or not, not well conveyed again, maybe a reason to utilize that tip line. Yes. Exactly. Back when it exi- back when phones still existed. Yeah. But it, it, it does show up on a lot of top lists now, even though I don't think it sold very well. No, I think a lot of these things um, now come up as just rare games to be separated from rare titles <laughs> yeah. um, on, on the platform, also, such as Banjo-Kazooie <laughs> yeah. and, and uh, Perfect Dark and Goldeneye. But yeah. Like because it's not in active production anymore, and like there are some very niche titles that didn't sell so well. Mm-hmm. Things like Buck Bumble, I'm sure, are worth like uh-huh. several hundred dollars. Oh yeah, I believe it. I'm I'm gonna fact check you right, like in real time, but I believe it. Um, How much for Buck Bumble? Uh, let's see, Amazon uh, thirty seven dollars, which is like honestly oh, well. hundreds. <laughs> Oh, this is one left in stock though, so this could be. Oh no, buy you seventy bucks. Seventy bucks. Wow. Use seventy bucks or new thirty-seven. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's not many here. Um, but this is kind of this is kind of funny because pretty much all the games I bought, I didn't buy retail games back then. It was very. My parents liked eBay, and I remember the one thing I was I I, I convinced them to really pick up on eBay was um, uh, uh Super Smash Bros. I think it was like 30 bucks. And That's I was like, this is pretty good. I know this is a lot of money. Like, I will do chores for a month. And they were like, we already make you do chores. You're <laughs> going to need to do additional chores. And I was like, dang, I failed the negotiation. <laughs> um, but uh, do you know what initially got me into Super Smash Brothers? Hmm. Do you was remember that, that commercial? Do you remember that commercial <laughs> where they played a Beatles song and they have Pikachu and Yoshi and Mario and like Donkey Kong just like prancing through a field so happy together? Um, um, and then it just devolves into them beating the shit out of each other. <laughs> it's like it's just people in costumes, but uh-huh. it was such like a, a nice marketing hook. And I'm like, oh, all of my favorite Nintendo characters fighting each other together. How cool is that? Uh-huh. Game controls like shit. Um, well, yeah, yes. But that and, seed and was planted for many years, in and modern, it would grow into a tree that would yield fruit for Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, but also Melee. Yeah, mm-hmm. everything along the way got a lot better. We had the the, the opportunity to play Smash Bros. sometime back at a, a, a local restaurant, and uh, that just has video games, as it turns out, and. Yes, I agree with Dave. It is aged something fierce. Um, as it turns out, Switch, <laughs> Super Smash Bros. Ultimate has come a long way. If I were to hold them up side by side, I wouldn't say there's many things from the first that I prefer to the fifth or whatever it is. Um, but uh, I do remember playing it a lot. And this also fell in that co-op camp of like, my brother didn't really like getting beat up on a lot, but there's four character slots, so you can go up against a couple nines. Bot bots who are level nine uh, yes. as far as difficulty. Yeah. 
<laughs> make to be sad. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, it was. I put a lot of time, a lot, a lot of time into it. No, it's great because it was another one of those. Hey, anybody can like pick up and just start playing, hanging out. Obviously, mm-hmm. if you own the game, you'd, you'd be playing a lot more and practicing. Yeah, but it felt like every match was fresh. There's so much replayability because you have your cast of 20 or so characters mm-hmm. and by playing against boss by playing on teams are mm-hmm. items in there like shit was just popping off all the time like yeah. you'd go to corneria and be chucking pokeballs at somebody and then trying to land a hit with the worst frame timing uh-huh. but it was all fun because maybe you'd miss maybe you get hit by a fucking laser and get mm-hmm. shot off the and stage You're like, what the fuck? yeah blast you off the stage it was just Pokemon controlled trope. multiplayer chaos and it was glorious. Yeah. It was also like, I think that first smash, it didn't have as much to learn or catch up on because it's missing so much tech from the old ones, right? Like, or from the new ones, I should say. Like, even the old ones at this point actually had a lot more tech than the first one. Like, uh, if you get hit into stage, you can't press shield button to not die. Like, that doesn't work here i don't think i don't remember that working at least um uh how many buttons how many special attacks do you have well the one (laughs) i i think oh no no Uh, you have your recovery and then you have another one yes you've got your your neutral b up b and down b but there's no side b yeah and then there was like i can't remember i don't think the game had tilts i think it was basically just jabs um and smashes and so, like, there's just so many things that are missing. I don't think it had spot dodge. It just had shield and not shield. Um, and not like shield was, was a grab. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, just a lot of stuff you didn't have to worry back about back then. But you did have to worry about the balance because some characters were just way better than others. Um, it isn't. Like, when we played uh, for my friend's birthday, he was playing Captain Falcon. Uh-huh. Which, if you've ever followed Soul Calibur lore, you know that uh, at a point, Nightmare was just one character, and then mm. they split him out into two characters. Because Falcon had the damage of Ganondorf and the speed mm-hmm. of Falcon. Yeah. Um, and he would just stomp people. And my mm. friend was just stomping people. Yeah. It was wild. And I'm like, I play ultimate. I can definitely... Nope. Didn't really have the option for a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it, it's a it was a crazy experience, but it introduced concepts that are like known to us today. It had the secret characters, the challengers that was established all the way back then. Had a bunch of stages, I think like eight, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> Which seems absurd now that there's like fifty, but you know, it was a lot back then. What do you want to have one of the stages be? Well, we like the tree from Kirby's. So let's add wind into this mix. Uh-huh. That would be cool. <laughs> Yeah, now it's a classic. <laughs> Why? Um, always the first boss, or dang near always. Um, but yeah, it was it was good times, and I'm glad that it's kind of come full circle. Because uh, because Smash Bros, I played a lot of, I put a lot of time in games on N64, but time wise, um, I think Smash Bros beat them all. Like it was the first game I'd just sit down and play without the intent of like beating it um and it was great 
Yeah, just like with Ultimate for games like that back in the time, literally for every era of Smash, I have a memory. I mean, what of a game that I played? I have mm-hmm. a memory of just hearing the the menu music or like the character select music just going on for hours, and yeah. you just keep playing with friends. Like, oh, let's do another one. Let's do another one. You're just in a basement with like your friends, and then like six hours has passed, and you're like. <laughs> We should eat something, huh? Uh-huh. Um, or somebody needs to go home or something else. Because you would just get so lost in it. And that's what that's what N64 was good for. Um, like playing, playing with friends, multiplayer for that. That was the one thing. Like I do think PlayStation ultimately turned out to be a better console. And I had a lot of games on it. Discs uh, were a very big thing for everything after N64 until mm-hmm. up to basically the Switch. Um, just con- talking about like home consoles, not handhelds, which obviously continued to use cartridges. Um, but N64 had four controller slots. You could plug in like all this stuff. PlayStation had two for you and one friend. So you can smash on the ground. Yeah. I remember so. that being like such a big complaint because mm-hmm. you had like Xbox, GameCube, and PS2 is like... We, we're going to sell an additional pack that you can plug in <laughs> if you want to have more controllers, I guess. Yeah. For like, like, why the would three you need two controllers? Playing, you know, three people who are playing Killzone, maybe? Uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it was yeah. crazy that it didn't have that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, because even N64 did. Yeah. So so did Sega Saturn, mm-hmm. I think. Um, and I think, I, I think, but it's been a while. I think of Dreamcast when I hear Sega Saturn, so yeah. that's how I know it's same. <laughs> these are, these are all pretty old at this point. I think of Dreamcast, or I think of Dreamcast. I can only think of like Crazy Taxi and some Sonic game. I think, but it's the first Sonic Adventure, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, well, that's N sixty four. This is gonna be the first of a thirty point series where we cover every console that's ever been made. Please stay <laughs> tuned for our Neo Geo episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It has brought me a lot of good times. Mm-hmm. Um, most of it's just nostalgia now. Because if, if I go back and play anything, I'd be like, ah, no. Yeah, yeah. I think I could handle some some remakes and remasters on the Switch for things I particularly like. But I'm also playing different games than I used to. And, I mean, let's be honest. If I'm going to play Zelda, it's probably going to be Breath of the Wild. It's not going to be Ocarina of Time, but that's okay you know i think so and if you guys are okay just kidding uh if you have any uh memories nostalgia maybe uh maybe stories uh playing some some old consoles maybe even in 64 you can go ahead and send those in we'll anonymize your names and as long as it's not too raunchy uh bring them up in the special guest mail episode on the next the next the next uh soapstone if we don't do that then uh it was all too raunchy so <laughs> dial it back a bit <laughs> um but you can send that into soapstone podcast at gmail.com or you can join the discussion on facebook at facebook.com slash soapstone podcast and as always we'll see you in the next one oh we forgot about diddy kong racing diddy kong.